Hello everyone, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled book and podcast. I have had a podcast in the past that talks about friendship, the different levels of friendship that we have, but today I want to zero in on the people, the people who are in your life when you're in hardship or crisis. So the title of this podcast is are you the friend you need? Are you the friend you need? Let's start broadly and then specifically. First, I love the verse in Galatians 5:14 that tells us to love your neighbor as yourself. And then Proverbs 3:27 and 28 tell us to quote, not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Don't say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow, when you now have it with you. What powerful verses those are. I'd like to use these verses as a backdrop to what we need during times of crisis. It's also a guide and tool for what we need when we are going through hard times. So what do these special people do in your life that looks different from all the others? What sets them apart? I'll be sharing responses from my unofficial Facebook poll from today. But what's interesting is that the responses provided an incredible dovetail to what Scripture says. But before we discuss this further, I'd like to throw out a quick life coaching question that is actually taken from what I what we call a domain satisfaction scale. The overall scale uh, just takes a matter of maybe two or three minutes to complete, but one of the categories is you are supposed to rate on a scale of one to seven, with one being totally dissatisfied and seven being totally satisfied. How would you rate your friendships? So how would you rate your friendships on a scale of one to seven? One, totally dissatisfied, to seven, being totally satisfied. So be honest. Are you satisfied with your friendships right now? One thing to consider is this. Are you being the friend to others that you need? I'll share points to consider and perhaps you can identify where you need to change. Also, what does this have to do with identity? A lot. Each of us in our personal life stories are going to have milestones, good and bad, that affect our storyline. To this day, I know who those people were who were present, physically and emotionally, in my times of sadness and even crisis. I was talking about this very topic with one of my adult children over the weekend. Seasons of life change, yes, and with that, friendships flow in and out of our lives, yes. But think to the past and even to the present. What do these special people do that set them apart? These people don't even need to be in your age bracket, and let me explain. I'd like to share one example from a personal experience. Colonel Cinco, a military friend whose friendship with my father went back further than my birth, uh, became that kind of friend to me. 
In ways that only God could orchestrate, he reached out to me during the last year of my father's life. And up to that point, I had never known him, never heard his name, never had correspondence. I um, hate to say that I'd never heard my parents mention his name, but they had not. Um, so he randomly gave me a call one day. Uh, he had called my parents. My mom gave him my contact number. And so what that started was a daily check-in by Colonel Cinco to me. To this day, I have a three-ring binder filled with daily, yes, daily emails he sent. He offered advice for navigate, navigating military bureaucracy and my ability as power of attorney to take care of my father, as well as being an emotional sounding board for a period of time uh, when I was really falling apart with two parents needing care at the same time. Everyone needs a Colonel Cinco in their life. Not only do we need someone like that, are we that person to others? What made him unique during this milestone in my life? I'll be sharing that in just a minute. But I would like to dedicate this podcast to the memory of Colonel William Cinco, who will always be the friend that I needed in my time of crisis. I'd love to invite you to listen to my last podcast on milestones and memories, or memories and milestones. For those milestones in our lives, good and not so good, we also have those people who were part of our lives, or not during those memories that have become milestones in our life journey and story. Because honestly, I think that this podcast dovetails well with my last podcast, so I encourage you just to maybe sit down and think reflectively, listen to both of them, uh, take some notes, and just see see what you um, come up with in terms of what you've been through. And then this should tell you, this podcast should help you in identifying who those special people are, either past or present, who've been there for you. So let's break this down into two parts. First, what do we look for in a friend when we have a life trial? Now remember, crisis comes in many shapes and sizes, um, and I realize that. Um, but this, these are the results from my unofficial Facebook poll, and I really do appreciate the people who took the time to comment. But here's what they were they shared, and I'll also be sharing the flip side to each talking point. Actually, it became a, a list of seven things. So here is my rule of seven for what we look for in a friend when we have a life trial. And these are based, again, on responses that I got from my Facebook friends. The first one, initiation. Secondly, action. Third, provision. Fourth, attention. Five, passion. Six, intention. And seven, intercession. Initiation, action, provision, attention, passion, intention, intercession. So a brief point for each deserves mention. Initiation. Don't wait for the person who is hurting to initiate 
during their time of stress or duress. Secondly, don't avoid. When I teach grief share groups, it's amazing to me that I hear this over and over and over again. Um, the people who are experiencing loss feel like that so many of the people that they know, or maybe their close friends or family, they just step back and they just avoid. They just don't even bother contacting the person who has had loss. So that's my second point under initiation. Don't wait for the person who's hurting to initiate. And secondly, don't avoid. Have you known someone who's going through something devastating? And maybe you're not close enough to the person. Maybe you're an outer rung person who is more of an acquaintance. So it's fair for you to stand back and not be intrusive because the dynamic of your relationship doesn't warrant intrusion into something extremely personal. But if you are close to that person, don't avoid and don't wait for them to initiate. It might be all they can do just to get through the day. So the takeaway is initiation, not avoidance. All right, secondly, action. Good friends simply act. Scripture tells us, quote, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Galatians 6.10. Inaction says, let me know what you need. And aren't we all guilty of this? Let me know what you need. In my unofficial poll, several comments indicated that in times of duress, the hurting person doesn't even know what they need. So for them to share what they need is actually an unrealistic expectation. So act. The takeaway is action, not in action. What do you think would be good to do for that person? Number three, provision. This ties in with action. Provide what you think would touch them. Provision, provide. Think to yourself. Since you know them well, what do you think a practical provision would be? Is their love language physical touch? Guess what? They need a hug with no words attached. Is their love language acts of service? Take them a meal, mow the lawn, pet sit their fur baby. How about an invitation over to your home for them simply to sit and share a cup of coffee? You know, provision can come in tangible and intangible shapes and sizes. So the takeaway here is provision not just praying. How many times do we think to ourselves, oh, I'm just going to pray about what I need to do for that person? But we don't want our time of prayer to delay an immediate need. You all know the difference. Don't allow your prayer time uh, delay an immediate need. If you see an immediate need, act on it. Next, attention. Now, this is crucial. You can never microwave friendship. It takes time. And it really doesn't matter what life season you're in. Um, friendships just need to be nurtured. But most importantly, show up. Have you ever had a friend abandon you in a time of need? I have. It's awful. 
Not only are you in a time of stress, but then it becomes complicated with the loss of a friendship. Remember, this says more about them than it does about your situation. Grieve as needed and keep moving forward with the people who do show up. Attention also means that you give full body attention when you're with them. Remember, uh, as a communication life coach, words are only 10 to 8, uh, excuse me, 8 to 10% of what's communicated. Most of the time, hurting people don't need words as much as they need focused attention. What does that mean? Well, specifically, it means body language that speaks louder than words. Don't check your phone. Make sure you keep eye contact. Don't do tasks while they're trying to talk. Because remember, if they're trying to talk and your attention is elsewhere, then it sends the message that what they're saying is not important. Attention also means that you listen. You do not need to have the answers. There might not be any answers in the moment. Just listen. The hurting person may only be able to process their pain in the moment. They don't need commentary or judgment. Case in point, think of Job's friends in his time of loss. So the takeaway here is attention, not distraction. Next, passion. Quick question, when you hear of someone's hardship, how do you default in your thinking? This is a legit question. Do you first think to yourself, well, I'm not surprised, they should have seen this coming, or they should have done thus and so? Somehow you become an expert in their life story. This is lack of passion, my friends. As gently as I can possibly share this, listen carefully. Until you have been in that exact same situation, you should not pass judgment. You don't have all the facts. Maybe you just think you do. You see, every hurting friend is also an opportunity to learn. Yes, learn empathy. Empathy is actually showing passion. Empathy is a learned skill. Put yourself in your shoes or in their shoes. Pull yourself out of your shoes and place yourself in their situation. The more you learn to do this with people, the easier it becomes. It is a learned skill. Perhaps your friend does need to learn something through this situation. Well, guess what? Leave it up to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide. You aren't the Holy Spirit in their life. Some lessons are self-taught. Yes, there are exceptions to this rule, so if your relationship is a close one to the person who's hurting, maybe get some good counsel on how to respond in their situation, especially if it's a situation of safety or um, danger to self or other people, that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's a unique situation. Um, but other than that, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide them. Let God speak to them in their low point. Um, and as a reminder of Galatians 5.14, love your neighbor as yourself. So the question becomes, would you treat yourself the way you are treating them in your thoughts? 
Would you treat yourself the way you are treating them in your thoughts? The takeaway is passion, not judgment. Next, intention. In short, check in. In today's world with smartphones, there's no excuse not to at least check in. Send a text, make a call, send an email, write a note. Stop what you're doing if you can and make it a point to think of someone else in their time of crisis. People remember who shows up for them or are touching base with them in a time of loss, grief, pain, or crisis. Listen carefully. This is the legacy you leave behind. If you want to express love, you better do it today because none of us are guaranteed one single day past the one you're in. Here's a simple life coaching tool to get you started. Start asking yourself every morning upon waking up or getting ready for your day. There are two questions here. God, how can I love you better? And how can I love others better? How can I love you better? How can I love others better? So the takeaway here is intention, not routine. Understand we all have daily routines, but a true friend will act with intention regardless of their daily routine. Lastly, intercession. You can't be judgmental and prayerful at the same time. Your headspace can either do one or the other. It's also like worry and faith. You can't worry and then focus on your faith at the same time. You can't do it. One dominates and takes over. So are you judgmental or are you prayerful? Pray for your friends. You may not even know the person well, or maybe you do, but regardless, pray for them. Would you honestly want to be going through what they're going through? Sometimes I just tell myself, I can't even imagine what they must be feeling right now. So whether you're close or whether you're far, pray. The takeaway here is intercede, not criticism. Today in my quiet time, I read a verse and stopped to meditate on it. Uh, and I really think it was this quiet time today, along with the conversation I had with my adult child, that kind of led to this podcast. So here it is, um, the verses that I focused on today. Jesus is speaking in John 15, uh, 15b and 17b. And this is what he says, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. This is my command, love each other. Okay, let's stop and dissect this a little bit. Everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. What have you learned about God through your friendship with him that you can then share with your friend in need. Look at the result. Verse 16 says, I appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. All right, well, let's return to our friend in need. Are you life-giving 
or imparting something that will return in abundance to your friend? Are you planting seeds that can yield an eventual harvest for them? Or are you simply pruning them and digging up dirt? I'm going to say that again. Are you planting seeds that can yield an eventual harvest for them? Or are you simply pruning them and digging up dirt? You can't abide in God and abandon your closest friends. Thus the command, love each other. I love one comment that I received. Um, I checked Facebook again right before I put the finishing touches on this transcript. But listen to this. Space and grace to heal. Space and grace to heal. Isn't this what God does with us? He always accepts us where we are in our life story. When we approach his throne with confidence, what happens? And I love this verse. It's found in Hebrews. He gives us mercy and grace in our time of need. You see, people offer grace who know what it feels like to receive it. If we have received it from God, and and think of it this way too, if we are a close friend of his, then we're going to know what it feels like to, to get that grace in our lives. If we have received it from God, and if we will approach him, then we know the salve to our soul in that moment. And it's only then that we're able to do this with others. So don't you see that as our relationship with God gets closer, we're able to get closer to our friends in need? Because we're in need. And God provides for us in our time of need. So then we're able to channel that to the people in our life here on earth when they are in a time of need. If we are learning who He is to us, Why shouldn't we then be that person to others? So are you loving well? I'd like to close with two takeaways for you to hopefully remember. First of all, people over projects. People over projects. And secondly, giving up over Google. And what do I mean by that? Giving up your schedule, and sacrificing as needed over your Google Calendar. People over projects and giving up over Google. Busyness is the enemy of close relationships. Let it never be said we put our time into busyness instead of a time when we need to touch others. This, not your wealth, not your likes, not your name on a plaque, not a building being named in your honor or memory is your legacy. Love is your legacy. Do you love well? When it's all said and done, that's all that matters. Choose well. The choice is yours. Be that friend, my friend. Until next time, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled book and podcast.